0: First of all, connecting the creation of the state of Israel to the Holocaust is an exaggeration. This demands a soul-searching and confrontation with facts and with history and with conscience.
1: From the History Watch Project, this is the History Watch podcast series, bringing you up close and personal with history in the real world, with some help from people who know what they're talking about. I'm Wondra Dipti. And on today's episode of the History Watch podcast series, we welcome Mauryd Bagouti, an award-winning Palestinian author and poet. I was fortunate enough to meet Mauryd while we were both on a writing residency at Rockefeller's Bellagio Center in Italy. We did this interview while in Bellagio, so this podcast would not have been possible without support from the Rockefeller Foundation. Morad has published numerous books in several languages. Among his work in English are the books, I Saw Ramallah, Midnight and other poems, and I Was Born There, I Was Born Here. I'll put additional notes about Morad's work in the podcast notes. 2018 makes it 70 years since the 1948 Palestinian War. I've published this podcast on May 15th the day that Palestinians call Nakba Day, which translates to the day of catastrophe. It was the beginning of a period in which hundreds of thousands of Palestinians were expelled from their homes as the territory was claimed by Israel. Nakba Day is celebrated one day after Israel's Independence Day, which is on May 14th. I sat with Murid to learn more about the Day of Catastrophe and all that followed in the many decades later. Finally, I'll remind listeners that the History Watch podcast series is now available on both iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to subscribe if you want updates on our newly released podcasts. Join me in conversation with Murid Barghouti in this episode of the History Watch podcast series, Palestine, the Day of Catastrophe and its Consequences. there was something about Palestine that you wanted people to understand, what would it be?
0: That Palestine is a victim of settler colonialism.
1: Settler colonialism.
0: Settler colonialism. It's not an occupation that comes and goes. It's not an army that invaded your country and then you rebuild. No. It's people who came to stay and then to claim the whole land and to dismiss you through transfer or Mm -hmm. through massacres or through terrorizing you so that you become stateless you belong to no state so you are harassed in all the neighboring countries, mm-hmm. you don't have an identity that would facilitate your movement in the borders, and you become a refugee. You become unemployed. You become poor, and this is the story of story of displacement of a whole population. They stay. They claim the land. The indigenous population is
1: the displacement. Yeah. How do you think an Israeli person would respond to that? What would their critique of your statement be?
0: They would tell me that this is our promised land. It is in the Bible, and we are coming back to the land of our ancestors. We were here 2,000, 3,000 years ago.
1: It's religious, but it's also historical. They're making yeah. a historical claim yeah. Yeah. to the to the land.
0: As if God is a real state manager.
1: So, okay, so they're coming back, but what do they expect? What is their expectation? What They, policy- yeah.
0: they are powerful. They are supported by the most powerful forces on, on Earth, the United States and all the West and all Europe. And the veto uh, is used in the United Nations and Security Council to protect their crimes systematically. The United States, I think, I don't want to say a a wrong number, but maybe a little less than 50 times Security Council resolutions condemning Israeli acts were vetoed singularly by the United States. So they, they have the support, whatever they do. And all the American administrations and presidents, would tell you in any confrontation, any crimes committed by the Israelis, like the invasion of Lebanon, like destroying Gaza three, four times, like uh, the massacre of Kana, they, they will tell you Israel has the right to defend itself within its borders. Okay, okay. Show me the borders.
1: Yeah, because the borders are moving.
0: They don't have borders. Mm -hmm. They they confiscate lands daily. They build settlements every single moment. They refuse to design or... They don't want to commit a line. Never. Mm -hmm. And they built a wall. 8 meters high surrounding what remained of the Palestinian villages as if we are now in a concentration camp and it was not built on any borders that are recognized by anyone i mean They occupied the western side of Palestine in 1948, and they occupied the rest until the river Jordan, which is our other border, in 1967. So the whole negotiations, 27 years now, are that we conceded 78% of our historical Palestine to them. And we are struggling to build our state on 22% of our land that remained, which is Eastern Palestine. When they build the wall, they build it inside. I mean, they took so many kilometers from what every was? corner and mountain and meadow and village. So, I mean, the wall is also... It's not on the 67 borders when when the war broke out. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. inside our area. Yeah, so
1: they're they're breaking even their own... Even
0: their own... own
1: Frontiers, Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's a mess. What is painfully accepted idea all over the world is, okay, the Palestinians should keep peaceful negotiations with their enemies, with the Israelis.
1: But how can they, is your point? Okay, no.
0: We have a leadership mm-hmm. that accepted. Let's negotiate a solution. The negotiations started in Madrid 1990, 1991. And now, 28 years after, we are still negotiating. And the settlements are growing. And the wall is creeping inside. It's our, creeping inside. Yeah? The violence continues. The I mean, the Israeli army violence continues. We have uh, around 7,000 detainees in the Israeli prison, and children, women, women, children, women yes. men, old men, even... Infants. Infants. I, mean, so.
1: I think your son, when he was here, gave a very interesting statistic. He said, like, a significant proportion of all Palestinians had spent time in an Israeli prison. I've forgotten the exact number.
0: I think half of our population have been taken to prison in Israel at one stage of their lives. Mm-hmm. So
1: everybody, it's a common experience for Palestinians. Because
0: they have a totally and completely defined apartheid system.
1: But they don't call it apartheid, obviously.
0: They don't call it, but I'll tell you the elements in it, mm-hmm. and you decide yourself. You have three different sets of laws. One for the Israeli Jews, one for the Palestinian occupied population, and the third is for the Palestinians in Jerusalem, because they claim Jerusalem to be totally Israeli, they don't want the Palestinians in it to be Israelites. So they give them an ID, claims them as Israeli citizens, but without applying the rules that are applied on the Israelis themselves. So they're
1: second-class citizens. Second-class
0: citizens. They cannot build a new room. They cannot change a window. They cannot buy a property and so. Different set of laws and regulations. Restriction of movement, checkpoints, limitation of travel. Only for us.
1: Only for the Palestinians
0: yeah. outside. And we are not allowed to build an airport. We have to cross through their checkpoints from any point And they have to scrutinize and they have to what you know, this kind of uh, like the kettle moving through this bar, bars and all these things. Yes. So you are under their cameras, under their guns, and they prevent you from reaching hospital to give birth. We have, I think, 23 cases where Palestinian pregnant women had to give birth. At home? on, On the asphalt under the military uniform of an Israeli teenager with a gun, because she is not allowed to cross the checking point to reach the hospital. demands a soul searching and confrontation with facts and with history and with conscience. First of all, connecting the creation of the state of Israel to the Holocaust is an exaggeration. Okay. Why? The first Jewish settlements in Palestine were built in 1883. The Jewish state, as an idea, having a Jewish state in Palestine started in the Jewish conference convened in Basel in Switzerland, 1897. So, I mean, half a century before the creation of the State of Israel, there was Theodor Herzl, who went to Basel and called the Jewish nation to unite in order to return and build the homeland for the Israelis in Palestine. After some years, in 1917, Arthur Balfour, the foreign minister of the United Kingdom, gave to the banker... A promise It went down in history As the Balfour Declaration That the government of the UK Looks with sympathy To building a Jewish homeland In Palestine Using the word Palestine So he promised to give A land that is not his And we were not consulted Just you, you get up in the morning And you discover that Somebody promised To give your land To other people To make them their country And to mm-hmm. dismiss you Since then The struggle started To prevent them Now When the Holocaust and the waves of immigration started early in the century, encouraged by the Balfour Declaration, the Holocaust accelerated the rhythm of Jewish immigration because they were really fleeing the horrors of Hitler. So the Holocaust is not the starting point of the idea. It's not the starting point of their colonialism to Palestine. It came 50 years after their idea of the International Jewish Congress that was led in Basel by Theodor Herzl, and it, they declared it on the 15th of May, 1948. They dismissed 750,000 Palestinians outside the country after massacres in Der Yassin and in Tantura, and so many places. And those became, those became the refugees. And the western part, coastal part of Palestine was named Israel. And then we started to think how to restore our land, how to bring back the refugees, how to go back to our homes. Of course, the support that the Israelis, are getting from the world. is making them much more powerful than we are. And bold. Yes, and we are weakened by so many elements, the external elements, but also a leadership, a Palestinian leadership that was not good enough to face the dilemma of the Palestinian people. They were not created, they were corrupt, they were not working with the best elements of the Palestinians. The mistakes of the leadership contributed to our failure in making any success Mm -hmm. in this historical confrontation.
1: But it's interesting for me, if we think about it, in terms of the kind of stories around Israel. Because if you're saying, this is now an attempt to talk about the Holocaust as the reason... But really, this business of occupation was a part of a long plan. Part
0: of a long plan. Long before. You go to history and you see the annals of this conference is documented, photographed. The documents are there. Obviously. The Holocaust accelerated.
1: It accelerated something. It
0: accelerated the immigration rhythm. I mean, ships were coming to I mm-hmm. mean our Palestinian ports, let us say every week, now they are coming every day, and there were all the time negotiations with the British who had mandated Palestine mm-hmm. to limit the immigration because we didn't have any local leadership at that time because Palestine was never singled out as Palestine. We were all the time part of the Ottoman Empire, like all the Arab countries. Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, they they were all... Part of the Ottoman Empire. Part of the Empire. When the First World War ended in the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, then came this Balfour Declaration. What what, what to do with their gains from the defeat of the Ottoman Empire? We will bring the Jews and give them Palestine. We will put Egypt and Iraq under British British mandate. We will put Syria under French mandate and Lebanon.
1: So the continuing dividing of the
0: world. This dividing of the world was done by two persons, Sykes and Picot, a French and a British. Two diplomats who made an agreement to divide the gains between British interests and French interests. So they gave the British, Egypt, Jordan, Palestine, Iraq, and the French took Syria and Lebanon. The borders were free, no passports. I mean, I'm Palestinian, I could go to Egypt, I could go to Iraq, just drive my car and go. They made it borders, passports, visas. They, they created paralyzed. barriers. Yes, so... And put Israel in the middle. Strategic positioning of Israel in the region is not a coincidence.
1: And that's what you think it is? Yes.
0: We can't get rid of the friendship with Israel. We must keep this support, 100% support to Israel, because they are our tool to prevent any unity in this region. They don't want unity. You have North Africa, the Southern Mediterranean, it's Mm -hmm. all Arabs, Tunis, Algeria, Morocco, Egypt, and then the Suez Canal, and then you have the Asian Arab countries, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Jordan, the Gulf, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Oman. What separates them in the middle is this strip that's called Palestine. And then if this is an enemy entity, those people will never unite. I used to cross the Suez Canal and I'm in Cairo. Mm -hmm. No passport, no visa, I'm, I'm at home. Now, even if I take a flight, you cannot fly on the Israeli space. They are controlling the land, the space, the sea.
1: What's interesting for me, the narrative of apartheid and the Holocaust. So here we have all these people that came because they themselves were being subjected to Hitler's terror. Obviously, this is very terrible. They come, they have a space. They have a state. How is it that they have experienced these horrors and they are now part of a state that can <coughs> commit acts that are absolutely inhumane, the same inhumanity that they experience? How is that memory not being used to say, we can't do this?
0: Because everything was politicized. It was not kept as a human experience that would allow the Jews themselves to, to think that victimizing others is a crime. This is the human reaction. It is not weaponized by politics, not polluted by politics. So the politicians of the Zionist movement decided to exploit religion, exploit the Holocaust, exploit the pain of the Israelis. I sympathize with the pain of the Israelis. I'm disgusted with the Holocaust, the Hitler crimes, and this this is one of the greatest crimes in human history. All the Palestinians are against it, but we don't want to pay the price for a crime that Europeans committed against Europeans. Yeah, that's a remarkable irony. I mean, Europe started a fight, a uh, world war. We are paying the price of a war that happened in another continent, initiated by another dictator. Not We have dictators. We have, we bat- have your leaders, own. But, 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 we have our own, but <laughs> that is not ours. <laughs> we are paying the bill. <laughs>
1: for, for somebody from somewhere for, else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: The Gaza Strip is in southern Palestine. One border of Gaza is the Mediterranean. The other border is a crossing called Rafah with Egypt. And then six gates with Israel. Israel is closing the six gates. Nobody can move. The only way out for any Gazan to go to to medication, to education, to tourism, for any reason on earth, is to be allowed to go to Egypt through the, the Rafah crossing and walk, and and be moved through all the Sinai Peninsula to reach Cairo and take a flight from Cairo
1: to anywhere. Yeah.
0: To anywhere. The Egyptian regime is closing this because he is afraid of the Palestinians and because he is obeying the orders of the Americans and the Israelis. They want to suffocate Gaza. And the Gazans now decided to go to march on these israeli sex gates and make sit-ins. They started in Gaza, peaceful march, symbolic march, and people are cooking and families are gathering there. I mean, children uh, playing, raising flags. And these Israeli really snipers were everywhere. I mean, photographed on the CNN and up to this moment.
1: Terrorizing. No, they
0: killed. As I told you, they are taking their children, their whole families. They are cooking. They are playing. They are reading. They are having reading chains and having all this as a symbolic protest. against. please open these doors. Bloody gates! Please, we would like to go to our homeland and the villages that we were dismissed from. The Israelis started gassing them, shooting at them, rubber bullets. Journalists are killed with this sign, press, very obvious.
1: And they're being shot at.
0: And they are killed. Anyone who would read the news of this month, They would find the pictures and the names and the photographs of this confrontation that's going on as I speak to you. Because they decided that every week we will go en masse to protest as a civil...
1: Civil form of
0: protest. Until we reach the anniversary of the Nakba, the 15th of May, 1948. And now we are 2018. Then this is 70 years. So Israel has been created 70 years ago. We are marking this with this civilian protest. They killed 45 and they, they injured 2,000. Those peaceful demonstrations, symbolic sit-ins, mm-hmm. that took place, that are taking place until the 15th of July.
1: May, 15th, 15th of May. May, yeah. this
0: month, May. I mean, when they are reported in the Washington Post or New York Times or CNN or BBC, 40 Palestinians were killed in the clashes.
1: That's how the, the language they use. You're right. There
0: were no clashes. Families, kids. People going every Friday to the border zone, two kilometers far from the checkpoint, from the barbed wire. The Israeli snipers are there, and they are sitting, playing football, drawing, cooking food, making bread, just as a symbol of being together, commemorating the 70th anniversary of the loss of their territory, of their country. Palestine. And now you are the snipers are shooting at them, killing journalists, killing photographers, killing kids, killing men and women, killing handicapped yes. on wheelchairs. The CNN would tell you, Palestinians were killed in the clashes. One is with a gun and I'm empty-handed. Is this a clash?
1: So then there's a whole generation of
0: Displaced Palestinians.
1: Displaced Palestinians. How do they identify?
0: You cannot forget your homeland. We are weak, we lost it in confrontations and by conspiracies, but we are Palestinians. Seventy years after the loss of Palestine, after changing its name into Israel, any Palestinian kid, I mean two years old, ask him, who are you, where are you from, I am Palestinian. He never saw Palestine, but he speaks in the dialect his grandfathers and fathers and he knows the whole story and he is growing up in life as a Palestinian. This is one of the dilemmas of the Israeli. You can't get rid of a nation.
1: You know, as you're speaking <laughs> right now, what I'm thinking, this is so fascinating because the Jewish community has lived a life of displacement throughout. You know, they've always been dispersed, always been seeking spaces, always had to deal with anti-Semitism in different parts yeah. of the world. And then they create a nation yeah. and yeah. then displace a whole group of other
0: people. Yeah. And they lived in a ghetto. And they are making Israel, uh, making Gaza, a ghetto. Making the West Bank, a ghetto. Making mm-hmm. every Palestinian village or town a ghetto. And they are having concentration camps and prisons themselves. Against Israel is working against Israel. What, what do I mean by this? I lived the catastrophes. I lived the losses. I lived the massacres. I lived the crimes of the Israelis. So I'm not in love with that. But a kid that is born let's say, 10 years ago, 10 years old boy, he did not live what I lived. So he might form a different idea of Israel, okay?
1: It is possible.
0: It is possible. But the Israelis are really...
1: Giving them a reason.
0: Donating them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're giving- with
0: reasons to be hated, to be resented, to be criticized. They see invasions, they see massacres. They see injustice. They see apartheid rules. I mean, just imagine a Palestinian kid now, five years old, and then the Israeli troops storm the house and spit in the face of the father and hit the mother and push with their legs the grandmother, and the boy is watching. What does that do? This is what I call Israel against Israel. They are giving their image.
1: To the next generation. To the next
0: generation. It's not that we are putting our kids and lecturing them to hate Israel. No. Mm-hmm. Israel is doing hateful things. Mm-hmm. And our children are watching. The and they are living it. Mm-hmm. And they are victims of it. <music> and they have some laws that are really ridiculous. They, are called, they, they called it administrative This gives the Israeli soldier the right to arrest any Palestinian without sending him to any court, without telling him the accusation, what kind of violation he committed, just for administrative security, administrative reasons. And this is supposedly to be temporary. You can arrest somebody for a period of time and you release him. No accusation, but we, we don't want you to be free in this month. But this takes 10 years, seven years. They renew this administrative, no reason, no court, no accusation, no lawyers, nothing, nothing. Just taken, thrown into a cell. And that's it. That's it. I mean, you have prisoners because they are accused of certain crimes or certain actions. You have prisoners for administrative reasons. Whenever they, let us say, suspect that somebody has done something wrong, they would enter even to the territory that's ruled by the Palestinian Authority. The jeeps, the Israeli, enter, nobody touches them, and go to the house of this poor guy, and then they storm it, they kill him, and they, the next day, we got rid of this terrorist. Congratulations to the Israeli army. And his blood is everywhere, and the Palestinian Authority does nothing. So they can go and shoot anyone, anytime they, that they don't like.
1: So it affects young Palestinians as well. But think of what it means. A couple of times you were talking about these young Israeli soldiers and you call them teenage boys. What is it doing to those boys too? That's a horrible way to grow up. This
0: is the thing because, you know, any any Israeli citizen, boy or girl, on their 18th birthday, they receive in their post office box a message from the Israeli army with two lines. Congratulations and happy birthday for your 18th birthday. And you have to submit yourself... To the
1: Israeli army?
0: Israeli army for the...
1: Mandatory service. Mandatory service. How long is the service? Two years. Oh, wow. So now you have a whole generation of young
0: people who... There's no... They would, have no choice. There is no Israeli that you meet. A writer, a musician, a singer, a dancer, a merchant, a banker, a professor, a poet who did not serve in the Israeli army, except who would, for conscious reasons, <laughs> refuse.
1: They could do that?
0: There are mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. But they are in scores, I mean, not in thousands. The Israelis punish them by one way or
1: another. They don't do it without a price. They don't do it without a price. We know that the Israeli state has its agenda, and for whatever reason, Palestine allows (coughs) them to violate these laws <clears throat> but are there attempts even in in civil society of in israel I- between israel and palestinians a sort of collaboration a way to try and find peace <clears throat> outside of the state apparatus saying you're a human being i'm a human being this is crazy the yeah. state is doing this are there te- attempts like that
0: there are individuals on both sides who can listen to each other There's some new historians in israel like Elan and Exeter. He is an Israeli Jew, he was born in Israel, and he's against the government of Israel, Mm -hmm. he can't live there. But there is no political movement that joins the two worlds.
1: And that's what is needed? It is not
0: needed because, you know, the story is beyond politics. It's existential. We have to exist as a nation, they have to exist as a nation, and we don't find a way to have an equal treatment by the international community or by the a stronger part in the conflict, which is the, the Israelis. That's why all the time we are the victims, the victim, we are victimized in the process, and they are gaining more territory, more support, more money, more weapons. They have nuclear warheads. We're fighting them so is a slingshot, and we are punished for that. The problem is that the Palestinian narrative has no channel to reach the international community. They have all the mainstream media, TV stations and huge newspapers repeating all the time the Israeli narrative. The Palestinian narrative is suffocated and it can't really reach a wide audience. That's why when I'm invited to Israeli writers sometimes, I refuse. Because I tell them, I mean, <laughs> we did not lose Palestine in a debate. Because they are very strong, we are very weak. We are, I mean <laughs> so, Yes. And we are not twins to, to invite us to every conference together.
1: But their their perspective is they would have a balance.
0: No this puts the idea of balance into cruel examination. I mean, I really hate this terminology. We would like to present both stories, two points of view for the sake of objectivity. It's,
1: I mean, the,
0: it's the idea of the objectivity, actually, is what the they're saying. The idea of the objectivity is to be re-examined. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be objective between the colonizer and the colonizer. The whole international stage is open for the Israeli story. They don't suffer from lack of access. Yes. All the mainstream media is with them. Now, our narrative is suffocated and it doesn't have a voice. When you... Are generous to give me a chance to speak about the Palestinian narrative. You bring the elephant of the Israeli narrative be- beside the small bird, which is my narrative, and you would like to call this balance and objectivity and lacking the both. Uh, I mean the the points of view of the two sides in the divide. This is ridiculous.
1: So the end story. <coughs> this will just go on.
0: It will go on, it will go on until the balance of powers is shifting into some formula that's related to the world justice. Any solution that is not just will not last. They tried the Camp David solution, the two-state solution, the Oslo agreement, and you know, you see them in the White House uh, garden, shaking hands with Clinton, with Sadat, with Bush. This is only uh, some postponement of confronting the real questions, the real issue. And this postponement always costs blood. And we are the ones who are shedding this blood. It's unfortunate. You know, we we have lost all our confrontations with our enemies. We lost all our battles, and we have no friends in the world. Everybody is friends of Israel and supported everywhere, from the Security Council to the Assembly to the centers of decision-making in Europe, in the West. So everything uh, encourages uh, you to fall in uh, despair. But there is a voice in me that says, humanity did not work that way. And many evils have been defeated. I will not live to see the result. But I think those bastards will not, will not get it. The duty of the artist is to give you art. It's also fine. It's also fine. It's also fine to die in our beds, on a clean pillow, and among our friends. It's also fine to die once, our hands crossed on our chests, empty and pale, with no scratches, no petitions, no chains, no banners. It's also fine to have an undusty death, no holes in our shirts, and no evidence in our ribs. It's also fine to die with a white pillow, not the pavement under our cheeks, our hands resting in those of our loved ones, surrounded by desperate doctors and nurses, with nothing left but a graceful farewell, paying no attention to history, leaving this world as it is, hoping that someday someone else will change it.
1: That brings us to this end of this episode of the History Watch podcast series, Palestine, The Day of Catastrophe and Its Consequences, in which I was in conversation with Murad Barghouti, the award-winning Palestinian author. For more on Murad Barghouti's work, be sure to look at the podcast notes. The History Watch podcast series is coordinated by Dr. Audra Dipti. To learn more about the History Watch Project, visit us at historywatchproject.com. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye.